podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. I asked my date to meet me at the gym today. She didn't show up. Uh, I think that's when I knew we weren't going to work out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like it. Simple Punchy. and effective. Uh, do you want me to tell the joke? No? <laughs> uh, <laughs> see? Statement of fact. Uh, no, for clarity, that was the joke. And true. And a joke. Good. <laughs> score, okay, Lazar, well, give me the score. <clears throat> so, the score originally was going to be... <laughs> That's what I Was going <laughs> to be 8.9. Okay. But just before we began recording this podcast, you revealed that you had to go on Google and went two or three links down to find a joke. <laughs> therefore, no. therefore Listen. put in about three seconds worth of prep into it. Yeah, but I, I nailed it as well. So I think if anything, that gives me more, that should be more of a point. I didn't sit here writing the joke out, going over it and over and over again. Right? True, true. Also, but... when you said originally it was going to be an 8.9, <laughs> like you arrived there, like some random decimal place. I don't understand. <laughs> so wait, is it going up or down from 8.9? You're going to say you like might talk yourself an, out of it now. It's now like an 8.781 or something. <laughs> no, we're not doing multiple decimal places well, just I don't, yet. Who knows where we'll end up by the end of the year? Look, I can't explain how my mind works. It just can no, calculate this decimal place. It's just if anyone knows, if anyone knows that that statement's true, it's me. <laughs> yeah. um, it's going to get. It's being downgraded slightly to an 8.7. So. Me admitting to Google cost me point two. two you, tenths. you lacking preparation has cost you two tenths. Oh, me, but what about honesty with my friends? Oh, what I do about appreciate telling, What honesty, about telling like, the truth? Are you always honest with me? So, what about I, so I, I, I expect that as a default now. I think you've got off lightly here. I think that knowing the facts now, as we do, that the punishment could have been harsher. So, uh, I'd, I'd, I'd take it and move on, mate. Wow. So I so so my agreed score uh, <laughs> agreement ABA uh, ASA rather is an eight point seven. Correct. So I can either accept that or take it to the Barreto joke adjudication panel, which I will not do. I will accept <laughs> my I will accept my punishment begrudgingly. I mean, we've got a panel think, if you want to go to the panel. But the panel's just you two, <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm, I can't win this really, can I? Uh, I begrudgingly accept eight point seven. With a heavy heart, and I think realistically, the the biggest damage has been to your reputation around this whole. Yeah, yeah, reputation damage. So. It, it's a deterrent going forward. It is a deterrent. It should stop me from doing it again. Who knows whether I gained anything on previous jokes from <laughs> my preparation this time? I guess we'll never know. I kind of want to give you a higher score now because that was almost funnier. But let's start the show. Welcome to the Padhock podcast featuring stories following Formula One around the world. I'm Lawrence Bretto, F1 correspondent and presenter. And I'm Chris Medland, F1 correspondent at Racer. At ease, soldier. I'm Nate Saunders, general editor at ESPN. And I did, t- I did do that. I like that. I saw you sipping from tea as I was talking, Laz. So. And you wanted me to spit it all out. I did, not yeah. very nice. You, you did know. well, actually, not to. Um, thanks, I think. Um, I want to draw attention, Nate, 
um, to the fact that you are very well lit today. I am, um, yes. So, of course, our listeners can't see Nate, unfortunately, but uh, I can see Nate very I'm well. I'm a very well lit man today, um, He seems to have some sort of ring light, possibly, so I, I can see invested... all of his face very clearly. I have invested in a ring light. I have indeed. Um, and this isn't it, though. <laughs> this is just my lamp. Uh, I was trying to oh. set the ring light up. The <laughs> ring light is the other side of the lamp, and I couldn't get it to work in time for the show. Because I was too busy not googling a joke, you see. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I uh, that next week I'll be even better lit than this. This is just a lamp, like the Pixar lamp, basically. Just but instead of jumping on stuff, it's looking at me and shining. So, is this because you're big time now, Nate? Well, yeah. I mean, um, the request has been that usually my face is not well lit enough when we do ESPN shows. I think there's been a general clamouring. People have said, "Oh." It, I would watch the show. General clamoring. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. General clamoring. Uh, Addy soldier, uh, again. Um, but people said I won't watch the video aspect of it because I can't see Nate's face properly. It's not well lit enough. And same for Lawrence Edmondson, who does Unlapped as well, and and Katie George. Both all of us. They're like we can't see you well enough. So yeah, so we've invested, and I have a new webcam which I'm not using as well. <laughs> They're all <laughs> well, in the box. Thanks. I will for the next show. Basically, I'm a bit unorganized today, and as Lawrence and I were talking about. Uh, napping earlier and the amount of naps we've been taking we were i took one accidentally uh at 12 uh until about one o'clock which for anyone listening is irrelevant because i don't know when we recorded this uh but <laughs> several hours ago uh anyway over I to you know. lawrence for the rest of the show <laughs> well i want to um i do want to get into the fact um that you mentioned espn shows plural um, and Ooh. follow up on my previous comment that you're big time. But there's something far more important that we need to do first. If you've only got one minute to spare, want to know who finished when and where, sit back, relax, because we got you. Here's Nate with the 60-second review. Hello, this is my review of the Mexican Grand Prix, the Mexico Grand Prix, Mexico City Grand Prix. Call it what you want. Basically, everyone else did. So here we go. Three, two, one. First position, Max Verstappen. I mean, what can you say about the guy? You know, he's pretty damn good. He's pretty damn good, Red Bull. Okay, please don't, please don't blacklist me. I genuinely think he's very good. So, yeah, you shouldn't, you shouldn't blacklist me. Uh, Lewis Hamilton in second position. I think he's going to finish second like all the time now to Max. It's quite sad, isn't it? Uh, Sergio Perez, Minister of Defence, in third. George Russell, not a, not a happy camper with those tyres. Fifth place and sixth place, Science and Leclerc. I think that's probably the most disappointing Ferrari performance I've ever seen. I don't think I even saw either of them in the race. Uh, the mighty have crumbled. They've fallen. Uh, bang, bang in seventh position. Danny Rick. Esteban Ocon in eighth position. He was only in eighth because Fernando Alonso's greatest drive of all time ended with a mechanical failure. Lando Norris in ninth. Solid from him. Valtteri Bottas was really good a week. Tenth position. We love Gasly. Unfortunately, this weekend, he loved an 11th position. Uh, Albon, Joe, Vettel, Stroll, Mick, Kevin. Uh, then Nicholas Latifi was there. Uh, yeah, and then Alonso, Sonoda. DNF. Not a great race, guys. I'm sorry. Review wasn't wasn't fantastic. <laughs> so I, I, mean, I, I, in I forgot the race. I forgot about the time constraint of it as well. I looked down. And I was like, oh, I've got 20 seconds left to do half the field. So uh, it wasn't a great race, was it? It was a bit. It was a bit sad. A bit deflating because I thought we were going to have Lewis Max, which is like the fourth time we've thought that this year, isn't it? We're like, yes. Mm. Oh, oh no. Max is just way too good. I mean. Are you going to keep saying that just to make sure that you're allowed to speak to him? <laughs> Max is really good. Max is great. Anyone listening? Uh... But did you just say that 
you were really looking forward to Lewis versus Max and therefore you wanted Lewis to be good enough to fight Max because that's really, you know, is that not that's, disrespectful to Max? That is pretty disrespectful. Actually, you know what? I take it all back. Yeah, that was pretty disrespectful. I didn't want that. I don't want that to ever happen. I just want Max to win everything from this point on. Um, how about you let's, guys? <laughs> let's firstly explain for anyone who doesn't know, but I'm sure they will do, that uh, Red Bull blocked Sky from talking to Max and Christian over the weekend in Mexico for uh, their coverage of everything since Abu Dhabi, I think, to do with Red Bull, they seem to suggest, and that they weren't happy that Ted Kravitz walked around and saying that Lewis Hamilton was robbed a few times, even though he never said buy Red Bull because he wasn't robbed by Red Bull. So mm. if anyone should have blacklisted Sky, it should have been the FIA, I think. Yeah, I think that the term robbed is used a lot more in Britain than it is in that context around the place. So I think it's a harsh I think it's a harsh reason. Look, and I think Red Bull just have generally have their back up against the wall right now, don't they? Like <laughs> you go and talk to them at the moment and they're very defensive about things, which is you know, you think the context of the last few weeks, I guess makes sense. Um a great story though. If you're a journalist, like you can't not like that story. Unless you're Ted Gravitz. You probably don't like that story. But um, yeah, or Sky, or, or Sky. you know, work for ESPN who takes Sky's feed and therefore didn't get to hear from Horner or, or yeah. Well, that is an issue, isn't it? And that's why I'm just want to reiterate that you know, Max is probably the greatest driver of all time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's not even close at this point. Um, yeah, it's it's actually it's actually embarrassing how how bad everyone else is, wouldn't you say? Anyway, I can see you two are uncomfortable, so... Yeah, I'm, I'm waiting for Barreto to have to try and find a way out of this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm just going to let you guys crack on. Yeah. Anyway, so now we're going to hear from our FIA spokesperson, who's just joining us, uh, <laughs> to, uh, to get for, for balance. No, we don't have... Uh, I'm, de- <laughs> I'm definitely not the... Ladies our first guest, Michael Matsy. Michael, welcome to the show. <laughs> oh, no, no, he's, he's just dropped out. We'll get him back. We'll get Michael back later. Uh... Speaking of ESPN. <laughs> yeah, mate, let's move it, move it on. Lawrence mentioned it. I even called him Lawrence. I'm getting serious. We're getting this is professional hour. Yeah. Wow. wow. I are... feel deeply uncomfortable. Meadows I'm had his, his, I don't know where I'm going like this. Meadows had his Eton scholarship revoked on the back of that. He's not going to private school. Anyway, uh, you were a big deal in Austin, right? Well, I think so. I, apparently, people have said that. So was Lawrence Edmondson. To shout out to my, my my colleague at ESPN, but yeah, we we did loads of really amazing stuff out there. Like ESPN, um, it will be more of a thing, I think, going forward. Like uh, the North America shows, probably Monaco as well, maybe a few others where there's like loads of cameras on site. And because Lawrence and I have been doing it, this is Lawrence Edmondson now. For the next couple mentions of Lawrence, will be Edmondson. Sorry, Barreto, but um, that's okay. But yeah, so we so so Lawrence Edmondson, Lawrence E. Uh, interviewed Lewis, interviewed the Ferrari guys, interviewed George. I interviewed the McLaren drivers on stage. Did Marty McGee, uh, Marty and McGee on Saturday morning, which was great. Like I love that show. We talked about it in Miami as well. Just two of the coolest human beings ever, and they love F one. Um, and they love oh, you, Nate. Inter- like they, they seem to love yeah. you. Interjection. He's on a podcast with us too, and goes to the coolest human beings <laughs> ever. I mean, well, no, you're already. I was about to segue and be like, "There's lots of those around." And then I was going to mention you guys. Just keep digging. Definitely. Um, <laughs> sorry, don't take it personally, Meadows. I, I meant two of the coolest guys who cover college sports for ESPN. 
There you go. So Saved what's, it. what's happened there, though, is you've downgraded the compliment to one podcast and still yeah, true, have it? let one podcast feel deeply hurt. Mate. Hey, I'm doing badly today. Like, I've, I've took a really nice compliment to those two guys. I've just thrown it in the bin just to appease Meadows and make him look less sad on this. And it didn't this, work. Uh, no, it didn't work. Um, but no, it, yeah, I appreciate you guys saying I'm big time. I don't, I don't, I'm not going to start saying that. I don't want to get an ego, uh, even though I am. <laughs> uh, no, it was really cool. Like, um, they're leaning way more into like me and Lawrence Edmondson doing stuff on camera. Uh, you know, we've been there for a long time, so both of us are super stoked to be doing it. F one in America right now is just crazy. You know, the, the attention, uh, the interest is is just is just nuts. It's funny because there's people from within ESPN and I think ESPN are getting requests from outside as well from you know guests and partners. Like, can you get us, like we? I want to be in Vegas next year, and everyone's like, all right, well, like, hold your horses. Like, it's only. <laughs> Only so many things that can be accommodated, but it's it's cool because the company's rallying behind it. Obviously, the reason it was a big weekend, generally for ESPN, was we got three years of uh, of TV, uh, you know, the New Deal uh, in America, which is awesome. Um, so I'm yeah, I'm buzzing. I, I had a great weekend. Um, my interviews with Lando and Daniel are both on YouTube. If people want to check them out, I thought especially the Lando interview was one of my best, like one of my favorite interviews I've done. I was going to say best. I mean best in terms of the answers that were given. And you two know better than anyone. When you do a good interview, you come away from it feeling pretty good. You're like, oh, I'll pat myself on the back for that. Like, they opened up to me as much as they did to the questions I was asking. Um, yeah, it was just really good. You know, it was, and it was nice. I think I got a glimpse of your world a bit, Lawrence. Like, just being able to talk to people in that environment, and you're not in, you know, a, a crowded media session with ten other journalists. It's just you and them. You're asking them questions. You're trying to get a bit of a, you know, a bit of a good vibe going. You know, you're not always trying to make them laugh, but. You want it to be a, a nice chat. So I enjoyed it. I, I thought it was great. So um, I don't know. Maybe I'll do more of it as it goes on. Oh, and on the Sunday morning, did uh, the ESPN pre-show on digital and on the app, which was crazy. So um, apparently they've been listening to the pad hoc and they're like, can we get Meadows? And they're like, no, Meadows, he works for other places. All right, we'll get Barreto. I know he works for F1. They're like, okay, well, we'll get that other guy. And they're like, wait, he works for us already? <laughs> okay, let's just put him on. Um so yeah, no, it's very cool, and um, I had a I had a great, probably my favorite race I've done for F1. Uh, as a result, it was probably I don't know if you guys know off the top of your head which is your favorite, but for me, work wise, that was easily the best one. That one and maybe Abu Dhabi and Brazil last year that were just you know, mega fun for what happened around the races. Um, but that one, from a personal perspective, easily the best. Wow, I know that was a long monologue, wasn't it? That was like a Shakespearean <laughs> monologue, but probably better. Well, um, yeah, and you you stopped me really taking the piss out of anything by talking about how much it was great for you and you loved <laughs> it and stuff and just a nice just... positive ending that I couldn't really pick a hole in. No, make make fun of what I mean. Do it. I mean, you know, that's how that's how you keep people grounded, isn't it? So it's what I it's what I do with you, for example, Meadows. When I joke about your round face, it's all it's all it's all to humble you to keep you grounded. <laughs> very, very round face. Very round face. Sorry, yeah, which is looking very round today. Um, but no, please do. I mean, roast away if you if you need to. The roast of Nate Saunders may commence, or not. I mean, I've got, I've got nothing. I thought your live hit in particular. Can't remember what day it was. That was the, on the. That was Martin McGee, wasn't it? I think when you did yes, live from the paddock. And I know how hard that can be when you've got earpiece in. You've got people talking to you. You can't see who you're talking to. You're just talking down a lens, and you would never have known that you haven't really done that that much. So I thought that yeah. was awesome. And I think I joked to you about it, didn't I? It's it, it for anyone listening. That is really quite a jarring experience when you first have that earpiece in because you can kind of hear yourself, 
you can hear, especially if you can't, I couldn't see. So Ryan and Marty weren't in Austin. They were, I think they were at the LSU game. So that's Louisiana. Is that right? Yeah, Louisiana. Yeah, and um, New Orleans, I think, weren't they? Yeah, so... so Baton Rouge. It, uh, Baton Rouge, that's it. And and it was great because for about 10 minutes before I could hear the show that they were doing, they do a fantastic show and they have like hillbilly headlines and stuff. So I was just sat like laughing away and I was like, at one point they showed that like Nate Saunders up next and I'm just like grinning at the camera because I was listening to them talk about it. But it is, you're right, like you'll have producers and stuff and they try not to talk over you when you're going. But it is just odd, and I had the earpiece in, and it kept like slipping out. So like, I felt really conscious about it, and I, I like I pushed it in twice or three times. And Lawrence, you, you'll know this better than anyone. When you're doing that, you suddenly, if you push your ear once, you're like, oh my god, I must have looked ridiculous. That must have looked stupid. I went to the producer, and I was like, oh, I felt really, I felt really dumb pushing the earpiece in. He was like, I didn't even notice. Whereas to me, I was like really stressing out about it. So it shows you like it is really difficult. And full respect to like new people that do it on the news every day, because um. Yeah, I think to be able to do that every single week, I guess it becomes natural, but still it's a really difficult thing. And um, just a quick side note on this, because I really want to say it because it's funny. And for people in um, outside the UK, you will know that politics here is an absolute dumpster fire. But Nadine Dorries recently said that live TV looked super easy. She's an MP, massive Boris Johnson ally. Don't know if you guys saw this, but she did... Uh, a live, a bit, a live hit on the. I think it was on the Piers Morgan show. She was like, "I could do this easily," and she fell over all her words. She, she was like reading off a teleprompter with like a voice in her ear, and she couldn't do it. And it was one of the most satisfying things I've ever seen, because she's, you know, just trying to destroy, you know, British TV, the BBC stuff like that. And uh, she made a complete ass of herself. Um, so I thought, at the very least, I can leave my career being like I did a better live hit than Nadine Dorries did, and I'm happy with that. That's good. Please, that's pleasing. So. That's going on the resume, guys. So it should. Maybe on the yeah. Twitter bio. It might it might have to. I mean, <laughs> I think my I do need to change my bio up because it's currently still um previously voted the sexiest man called Nate Saunders who works for ESPN, which is good. But it's, you know, I need to come up with a new one because I think that's about a year old now. You need to keep it fresh, uh, Nate. Yeah. I mean, I lost that competition this year somehow. Uh, <laughs> got <laughs> finished <Nope>. second. <laughs> that's why previously, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe I'll, I'll, uh, I'll uh, previous previous winner well while you were smashing it in austin uh mr bretta you weren't exactly quiet were you uh in austin yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean i write these you... ru- i write these run plans and it's a shock was this, that i still was this, don't know where we're was going that, was that meant to be a bit or something what, what, was, what was going on <laughs> i, I think you... it's jet lag i think that's what it was yeah i, think, I so. think i am slightly jet lagged if i'm honest um but austin was a great weekend i'm just trying to think what i did there which was so great um we did a more extensive pre-race show there so we had a stage up on a balcony next to the podium so that was pretty cool um and i did notice the one other thing i noticed is that people in america love formula one even more than they did the year before um Mm. not just because i did a few selfies and autographs along the way (laughs) just a few (laughs) but you 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 can really you can really notice it can't you I, i i i found that like Everyone's so knowledgeable now. You know, a few years ago, it wasn't the case. You know, five years ago, when I first went for the US Grand Prix. No, and it's like thing, small things like taxi drivers talk to you about it involuntarily. Um, people at hotels, restaurants, bars, people talk about it. Whereas beforehand, that was never the case. It was a race was happening, and you might bump into a Formula One fan. Um, 
but no one really talk about it as is the case where you go to a lot of other Grand Prix around the world people talk about it because it's in town and they know it's in town whereas I really felt this year was the year where it really proved that um, Formula 1 is starting to break America I think Mm. So we went to Top Golf on Wednesday and Lawrence got approached while there because he was spotted from being on the television. Wow. And then and you're like, oh, okay, maybe slight crossover with, you know, sporting sport. people and like sport. Uh, but then I think it was later the same day or the next day, we went to meet uh, a friend of ours who's writing a book uh, about their F1 life that Lawrence and I both had kind of read and given them feedback on. Uh, called Chris Henley, who works for Fox in Latin America. So keep your eyes peeled for that name on a book at some stage. It's not published yet. But he wanted to buy us in and say thanks. So we're like, sure. And I met Lawrence at his hotel, which was two blocks from where we were going for dinner, and stood in the lobby waiting to leave. And he comes down and has to stop and do a couple of photos. And I'm like, wow. A, there's people within the hotel, but B, famous. We then walk out the front door. We have to walk... I guess it's, you know, the hotel covers a whole block. So you have to walk half the block to the corner of the hotel to then go down the side of it. And between leaving the front door and getting to the corner of the hotel building, you had to do a further six photos. Wow. That is not Six times in about 20 yards. I'd wow. forgotten you were there, Meadows. Yeah. I remember yeah, that. I know. In... I, I, it, it showed at the time that I forgot <laughs> I was there. I was just stood around like... Like he, because he was finished, he'd, kick, he'd walk off, and I'm like, "Wait, whoa, no, wait for me!" <laughs> no. I'm just out of the way. <clears throat> I got a glimpse of that in Budapest with you, lads, because I remember we, we on the Sunday we spent ages looking for dinner, didn't we? And wherever we stopped to queue up for a bit, people came up and were asking yes. for selfies. Yes, I was very impressed true. then, but it was it, it seemed spread out. I think it was maybe four in the space of twenty minutes. So your ratio is really, is really coming down. Uh, was it same same in Mexico? Because I was I was gutted not to be there because that. Like I, I don't know if you guys agree, but I think like the Austin Mexico doubleheader is probably the best two weeks in F one. It's the best one. Of, yeah, I agree. In terms of like just the the vibe, this I mean, yeah, the race wasn't great in Mexico, but like the the venue is amazing. The atmosphere is always incredible. The fans are great. Like you get to go to two very cool parts of the world. Like I love it. Um, but Mexico looked insane. It was um, the atmosphere as it has been for ages in Mexico was incredible. And um, yeah, it kind of happened in Mexico as well. I was at the airport coming back and uh, this lady just ran at me going, wait, 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 wait. And she ran, I would say, 60 meters to make sure that I didn't turn around and walk away because I was a bit lost. I was tired and I couldn't work out which way I was going through the airport. So I must have looked very cloud-like. And uh and she she watched a, uh, she wanted a photo and stuff and had a chat and it was she was really nice. I think what I've really noticed is it, I think I think it must be F1 TV that's available in those territories um, that people are watching more um, than you know you go to countries say like that have Sky as the broadcast and then it's more difficult to 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 follow Formula One. So it's it's definitely the paddock guys. Come on. Oh uh, yeah, and of of course it's the paddock. Yeah, I mean to we be keep, fair though, there's been a couple of people we, have come up to us and say it said that they listen to the pod. That, that happened in Zandvoort a few times. I remember they came up and we were walking as a three. They're like, "Oh, it's the Padhock guys," and we're like, "They were like, I, I, I remember one because they said, oh, it's Lawrence and Chris and and the three of you from the Padhock.' Oh no, that can't, that can't <laughs> like, be oh, what come happened. On, come on, I was like, "Come on, man, really?" Like, yeah, it was it was sweet because like they clearly just had a. I mean, they like just not known who I was, uh, or they looked at me and thought maybe that's Nate, maybe it's not, or maybe they just didn't know who I was. But yeah, Padhock definitely gets gets some notices. Um, Somebody in a bar on one of the nights came up 
and said to me that they loved the show. And it was just before we actually then sat and recorded it. It was the last show, which was Unmitigated Chaos in yeah, sorry about Not the that. Blind Pig. No, I mean, it was it was entertaining at the time. It was in Lucille's, wasn't it? Lucille's? <clears throat> Lucille's, yeah. sorry, yeah. When yeah. Christian McCaffrey broke Medlin's heart live on air. Now, uh, on that, <laughs> on that episode, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to move on from that, that moment. We did a poll because uh, Nate was working out with all his TV stardom whether he was going to melt or freeze. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it was going to be, you know, which one do you want? Um, and I ran the poll. And the results were on our Twitter feed. But for anyone who didn't see, it was, it was exactly 50-50. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so, so, so which which uh, I'm pleased with because it means just regular temperature, Nate, doesn't it? If I'm neither well, melting so, or freezing. I no, guess. someone did reply that you had to do both, uh, as Beretta had suggested at the time. <laughs> during, during the show. But also, this is why... I'm, so I've been brought to the socials now because we're talking about the popularity of the show. Because, one, I want to apologise to uh, Ash Jamo, uh, who... I think replied to something on Instagram, um, something to do with the paddock, but also saying, I'm in Mexico City for the race, like any good recommendations for places to go? And I was like, I don't have many good ones, so I'm going to need to think of some or ask some people. And when I went to then reply, the message had gone. So I'm really sorry um, because Ash had said, I'm a big fan of the show on the original um, post. So apologies using this platform to say, sorry, I didn't reply. But someone tweeted at us saying... I think this is from Tom Horrocks, who says, I think Nate Saunders needs to have words with Lawrence Barreto. He was seen doing a 30-second <laughs> race review on F1 TV. Oh, yeah. Who I, does he think he is? I mean, imitation is the greatest form of flattery, first of all, is what I would say. Um, however, I do need to get some legal guys <laughs> to look into that, mm. I think. Um, get some real you know, infringement, some, um, yeah... Lawrence and I have to talk offline basically actually we won't talk our lawyers will talk yeah. <laughs> uh, after the show uh, and there will be litigation uh, on that and to be honest with you I'm utterly betrayed and uh, heartbroken at that <laughs> um, but did you did you do it in the style I do it in or did you just try and go your own way no so um, this is a feature it's been there's a race recap feature at the start of weekend warm-up which is our thursday show on youtube um, on f1's youtube channel and most of the time it's a mix between myself will um rosanna and jolian who will do the do, will do a review of the last race and so it's not in the style that you do it like where you um you list you effectively go through the classifications unless you're writing poetry or doing something very random and uh, it's always poetry <laughs> it's always poetry <laughs> um this is more a sort of it's a it's a description of what happened so i'm telling the story of the race so i see them nate as very different and my review or when i do the review is nowhere near as punchy and as entertaining or as satisfied to listen as yours that sounds like someone who's practiced that answer for legal purposes so yeah. very impressive you've Someone's at- spoken to your lawyer already Someone's angling for a settlement, aren't they? Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, doesn't, keep doesn't no comments. The... Yeah. <laughs> oh, damn, he's good. <laughs> on, the, on the next episode, we'll provide the latest in the uh, court proceedings. But there's just going to be a lot of sit... a lot of bleeped out bits in the next episode. Bits we can't air for legal reasons. <laughs> yeah. What if it's um, just one long bleep? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, that probably would be a better show than a lot of ours. <laughs> Might be entertaining. But the only way to save yourself now, Bretto, is uh, to read it off the run plan, talk about some shoes and taking a buggy around Mexico with Hinchcliffe. 
Um, it's um, it's good that you read straight off the run plan because most of the time we don't stick to the run plan. So I appreciate that. that is. Um, <laughs> Moving on. We um, so <laughs> we um, we had a new. <laughs> oh dear God! <laughs> don't make me have a shunt. Right. So let's talk. So. <clears throat> <laughs> we had a new analyst join us this weekend, uh, James Hinchcliffe of IndyCar fame and also second on Dancing with the Stars, which I hadn't realised. Second, Dancing with the Stars. Would you guys ever go on Dancing with the Stars or Strictly Come Dancing? I mean, I digress. No, not stars. What? <laughs> Me- Meadows, you are the face of season one of Netflix. And Nate, you are becoming a growing face, not physically. On the ESPN. <laughs> I, am, I do have a growing face. Um I am going to shock you. If I was ever famous enough to go on Strictly Come Dancing or Dance with the Stars, I 100% categorically, absolutely would consider it. <laughs> yeah, I would. Yeah, I'd do it. I, would. <laughs> I would absolutely do it. Yeah. yeah I think I would. House. I think Easy. I would as well. I mean, come on. That would be that, that would be the highlight of your career. It doesn't matter what else you did. Especially if you finished second but or just first. Think... But look, the training would be incredible. You'd actually get a skill out of it as well. It'll be and it'd be so much fun. I'd so I interviewed Elio Castroneves at Daytona at the start of this year for a podcast for Motorsport Magazine, the My Big Break series. So there's a plug for that if anyone wants to go check it out. But oh, double um, double name drop, love that. Nice yeah. one. Yeah, uh, but in that uh, he we spoke about obviously racing things he'd done, but also Dancing with the Stars because he won it. I think I can't remember which year. Uh, but he said that was, yeah, completely different level. That took, you know, you're a fairly well-known racing driver for winning the Indy 500. But he said to go on a show like that just took you into this whole other realm. So, um, I yeah, fair play to Hinch then for even being on it. That must be a big deal. You must have been in awe, Beretta. Very much so. Um, and he had some great stories about when he had like a massive shunt and he got impaled in an area you don't want to be impaled in. Oh. Yeah, it was oh. really quite unpleasant. But such a lovely guy. We had him for Austin and Mexico, and he's coming for Abu Dhabi as well. Um, great to have a, uh, nice. an American-style voice. Um, on Obviously, he's Canadian. American-style voice on the <laughs> That's show. American-style uh, voice. <laughs> North American All of voice. Canada We've is getting again. ready to have a North go American, right. Canadians North listening American. to this no. are livid. <laughs> I mean, they're not livid. They're very politely irritated. <laughs> They wouldn't be. They wouldn't be living. Anyway, I'm moving on. I'm moving on. Lovely time. But he took me for a spin um, in a golf buggy. Actually, a golf buggy that didn't seem to have a limiter on, which was quite exciting. You know, like the golf buggies we get sometimes. Meadows when we get to play golf. Yeah, I know you hate this, Nate. But sometimes you can get golf buggies where they don't have the limiter on. So that was quite exciting. So we did a track guide um, for track for the pre-race show, um, which was great. And then I got not one, but two pairs of shoes for Mexico. Uh, So as you guys and friends of the show will know I have two, very fortunately, many two feet. <laughs> two feet. I do have many. two feet, yes, and too many Both shoes. Of which Lawrence likes to put trainers around. <laughs> I do, <laughs> I do indeed. Um, and both uh, the chaps who design shoes did the pairs for me. So both were Mexican spec um, shoes. I don't know if did you guys, did Meadows, did you see them both? I saw one of them, but did you play them off each other and be like, you know, Santos doing me a pair as well, and you've got to beat. Them. Oh no! So actually, um, initially, I'd have planned out the year with one guy, Michelle, um, and so the last pair he was deciding uh, was Mexican spec. But um, the second guy, Ken, just came to Mexico uh, on a trip um, and did a surprise pair of shoes. So, um, so I wasn't expecting them. So it was great, and he put my Twitter handle on them as well, like sprayed at Loro Burrito. 
Ah, I heard this. I heard about this. One was it one shoe said at Loro, and yeah. the other one just said Beretta. That's it. Yeah. So, and wow. I've retired them. I've officially retired them after one wear because they are so good. Like, like they are art. So they're going on my desk. Is that they why? are art? Wow. They, to be fair, they did look as cool as anything I've ever seen you wear. So, so um, that, was, that was pretty cool. But yeah, but um, it's a low bar, but yeah. I am. I've got sixty-five pairs now, having fought really hard to get them down to sixty-two. So I'm going to have to start um, doing something like giving them away to charity or something because I can't keep this many shoes, guys. I've got too many shoes, and I appreciate it's not very sustainable, is it? No, it's not. But you're right. If you give them away to charity, then they still get used. Maybe don't give the ones away that have your Twitter handle. No. That's a bit odd for someone else to wear. Yes, that's true. That's um, true. But yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, set up a charity. <laughs> ah, that's ah. what you should do. I, uh, there you go. I think there's huge potential here. You, like you could, you could create an F1 car out of shoes. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. It just came to me. So you can steal that as well, like my review, like my 66 review. <laughs> maybe, maybe you could do half of a car instead of the full one, like 60 seconds versus 30 seconds. And I'll see you in court again. I mean, I only dropped to 30 seconds, mate, because I was just trying to be ruthlessly efficient. Nice. You're saying that Nate isn't ruthlessly efficient? No, I was just saying that... This court oh, case is getting nasty. No, I, I was just believe. trying to say... Some of, the, some of the insults are being thrown around in my direction. <sighs> Unbelievable. Now, this might seem like it's just slightly um, like forced controversy or drama, but I went to something that was not forced out or scripted at all and was completely legitimate in Mexico. Uh, I went to Lucha Libre. That yeah, very jealous. is without doubt that's awesome. one of my most fun nights. Of the year. I didn't get to go this year, but um, it's, it's so much fun. Medes, tell us why. Because it's amazing. Uh, it was the third time I've been. And it's just hilariously over the top. It's almost like pantomime wrestling with uh, most wrestlers wearing um, masks that have to stay on, as in they are concealing their identity, and they always do. Uh, but some didn't. Some already had like either their faces exposed or there was a moment where someone nearly had their face exposed, but not quite. Uh, and it was just a little bit crazy. There was a lot of sort of sort of fighting outside the ring going on. There was, uh, it finished with a, I think it was eight on eight. Oh, wow. Uh, women's wrestling match, rest of the world versus Mexico. And they would tag each other in. So you could only like knock out one person at a time. So it wasn't quite like a Royal Rumble because there's only like a one-on-one at each moment, but then it would kick off outside. Um, it's just amazing like how it all comes together. I don't, you know, just to, for it so, to so naturally and organically be so exciting, you know, and definitely not at all faked um was well, just stunning you've got to choose your words carefully there so I, you know i'm a big wrestling fan but to say wrestling is fake in some areas it seems very offensive because they prefer to say it's choreographed or it's you know it's performative and what's really interesting if you if, if you go there and you watch again is you can see them talking to each other when they're in the ring they're like calling moves to each other like, i'll throw you into the ropes then you mm. reverse it they've got an idea of who's who they know who's going to win the match probably talked about a few things beforehand yep. Um, but I, I love it as a as a like as quote unquote art. I think it's great, and I was gutted that you guys all got to go. We went a few years ago, and we got to go in the ring, which was mega. But um, oh yes, always looks like a lot of fun. And and we, as I remember, we all were mess- we were, we all had a bit to drink as well, and we were kind of messing around a bit, throwing each other into the ropes and stuff. And they hurt, don't they? When you throw get thrown into the ropes, you're like they are they're not like bouncy, they're actually like very very painful. 
to be thrown into. That got brought up actually this time because um, Beck Clancy from the Times was with us and she recalled when we went in the ring and apparently one of you threw me towards the ropes and I legged it full pelt and then slowed right down at the very end and just kind of like gently nudged off it because I knew how painful it was if you actually yeah, yeah. That's right. threw yourself into it. So um, oh. it was a lot of fun. I got to meet two of the wrestlers, don't know who they were. Uh, mm. One of them spoke no English, one did and was very nice. Well, that's because uh, he had a mask on. He didn't know who he was. True. <laughs> um, but the mask thing as well is very interesting. Yeah, like, that is a really big deal in Mexican wrestling. And I, I'm going to go down a quick rabbit hole here. There's still a controversy in American wrestling that one American company made. You probably heard of Rey Mysterio, but they made mm-hmm. him take his mask off when he arrived at WCW in like 1998. And then when he went to WWE in like 2002, that he just appeared with his mask on again. And everyone was like, cool, we know what he looks like. But it was like seen as so insulting that they made him wrestle without it. So it's a big deal. Like, and them, if they're ever unmasked, we were there one year and a guy mm. did get unmasked. And that effectively, I was told then, like, retires that character. And they come mm. back as they'll come back. They might take a bit of time off. Sometimes it's when they're injured or when they're retiring, like, for good. And I remember it was a really big thing, wasn't it? And there was a big standing ovation at the end because he'd been unmasked and everything. So it's really, it's kind of cool how that tradition came about. Yeah. It's, um, I it's might, a, it's I might a start wearing a mask. Night. If anyone, well, I did bring you one back. You did request it. I've got one. Oh, you, you uh, legend! I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, that's nice so of there you. Go. Thanks, man. Um, I'll wear it for the next you... show, maybe. Do it, deal. Uh, did you well, go it's to your birthday this weekend? Isn't it? So it's a birthday present for you. Yes, it is. I'll see you at the at the rugby actually. So you will Sunday. Sorry, Nate. Uh, Nate, not Nate. You're Lawrence. Did you go to the Day of the Dead festival as well? Nah, oh. I was working. Some people went, but they finished work. Like with the time zone, I find it really strange. My workload doesn't really change race to race mm-hmm. uh, in terms of how late I finish each day. Uh, just the timing of certain things maybe are less pressured in European races or in um, Asia, but in uh, the US and Mexico, because of the time zone compared to Europe, a lot of people in the press room were kind of done half an hour after qualifying. So like, well, too late for deadlines and nothing we can add. So they just left, and I was there for another, like, four hours. Oh, so no. I, was, I was lonely. Oh, dear. Poor Meadows. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, well, we well, can't end the podcast there. That's really sad, isn't it? All right, well, let's end it then with... Uh, we just said we're not going to do reviews anymore because you have all started writing essays, and they're incredible, but it just takes hours. Uh, so reviews will only make the cut from now on. Uh, on air that is we appreciate them normally if they're punchy uh, and even then probably not because we've actually got a lot to talk about these days as much as this show hasn't shown it because we're all jet lagged but because <laughs> we're all traveling so much uh, there's quite a lot going on so uh, there's one review that I will read out because it's a five star review titled Pad Hoc from Gray Smith 1989 in the US of A uh, and inst- that, the title is Pad Hoc and the content is or Pada won a hokalugi. Boom, five stars. That was the extent of the review. So, Well, thank you yeah, for the five stars. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, um, we'll take it. Pada won a hokalugi. Um, any, does, is that a reference that I should know? I don't. I don't know if it hock, is. I, I think hok, doesn't hokalugi mean you spit at someone? It's when you do that horrible yeah. thing. Because a lugi is like, a, I, I don't know. Americans let us know if that is, I think. But it's when you oh, do that horrible like, game. Or is it something like that? I don't know. But if they go as five stars, then maybe you're spitting in appreciation. Spitting compliments? Oh, nice, yeah. Maybe. 
I have no idea what it actually is. Well, thank you for the review. Anyway, I do appreciate it. And, well, we all appreciate it. Sorry, not just me. Uh, you can continue to leave <laughs> reviews on your preferred platform um, where you get your podcast and tweet us at the paddock on Twitter. You can read Nate's work on ESPN.com, Meadows' work on Racer.com and my work on F1.com and we'll do this again very, very soon. I'm going for a nap. Same, actually. Bye. Network.